0: Hello, good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is our sixth episode of the year of Full Time Reds. Our European adventure starts in the Europa League once again. We went to Linz, Austria. It finished one to Linz, three to Liverpool. Three points in the bag. Get started in our group. I'm joined tonight by the regular gang, Chris Brack, and back by Popular Demand, <laughs> Kev O'Sullivan
1: from Montala.
0: How you doing? How you feeling? Not
1: too bad. Not too bad, a lot better than last night. Last night it was last night was tough, man. <laughs> got through last night was was really, really tough. But uh no, it's a lot better today. Um delight with the result. And a lot of the performances as well. But look, got a result away from home against the side who seated second, won comfortably enough in the end. Um mm. a lot of positives to take out of that. So happy enough, yeah.
0: Excellent, and Chris seems like the game might have put you to sleep a little bit there. The first half, oh,
1: the
2: young. first half, the first half did, but yeah, look, I'm, like, I'm a bit like Kev. Um, got the result and got out of it pretty much fairly unscathed, and it's a pretty standard European away, especially in Europe League UEFA Cup. That's kind of what we see. And cop getting his 50th European win, which is all good. Yeah, the most ever by a Liverpool
0: manager, which is uh, a testament to his consistency over these last few years as well as the team. But the
2: three yeah, less games.
0: Th- three less games than Rafa as well, which is quite impressive. Mm, yeah, Rafa Benitez. So, the, I mean, I think for me, the biggest talking point was perhaps going to be the lineup. It could have been just about anything. I think this might have been the hardest lineup to try to predict. Uh, mm. I, don't even, I, I think I got about half of them right in the end. It comes out, Kelleher gets a nod in goal. Feels like that's something that might have been uh, pre agreed on at going into the start of the season with Kelleher sticking around. Stefan Bacitic comes back for his first game since last season, playing in it right back. Kanate back from his injury. Virgil back from his suspension. Simicast. Uh, Simicast. Just, just Simicast. Here.
2: <laughs> just here. Yeah. Oh. Let's leave it at that. He's just uh, here.
0: Poor slip of Cass. Uh, We have a midfield tree made up of Harvey Elliott with his first start of the season. Endo getting his second start. Ryan Gravenberch getting his first start for Liverpool. Speaking of first starts, a very first senior start for Ben Doak on the right wing. And Darwin Nunes and Luis Diaz come in to fill out the front line Eleven changes, Chris. Were you expecting eleven changes from Wolves on Saturday?
2: No, I, I was. I was already saying we'd probably go quite strong, only because I saw the squad and I kind of thought if you're taking that many of the big boys away with you, I assume you're starting them. Otherwise, for some, you're a bit like I'd, ra- I'd rather they sat on the bench. <laughs> on the, sorry, not sat sorry, not sat 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 at home and rested. You know, did you really need Ali to go there and sit, sit on the bench? You probably could have had, you know, the reserve lad. But me and Kevin talk about it early today. So maybe because this is Klopp 2.0, maybe this is also a bit of a team bonding, team ethic, building, you know, building that sort of um, new new team bond so that, you know, we're all in it together sort of thing. So maybe yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, I must admit 11 changes, I always think is a bit, a bit wild. And I think that played into a sloppy first half because while all of them have played quite a bit for Liverpool with the exception of Graff and Doak, I don't think that back fours ever played together. That midfield three has never played together. And I think that front three have played him maybe maybe once, but never as, as a start. So it's just a lot of new relationships to play on the pitch. You're a very young right-hand side. But as me and Kev talk about later, it's minutes in the bank and it's really good experience. You know, tough nights actually sort of help you develop as a player, not the easy ones. So take it yeah. what it is. Good win
1: absolutely
0: and what uh, what
2: caught your attention the most out of the lineup Kev who uh,
0: which one of those names on the team sheet
1: um i was delo- i wanted to see Stefan at right back to see what would happen if when he was uh, transitioning from right back into midfield because we saw last season he could play as a 6 he could play in the 8 role and he was he came through the club as a defender you know as a center back so can he evolve his game to become that right back option if we needed to rest Trent in games to come into midfield overall I thought he did okay considering it was his first start in a long time and it was it, it told a lot of them, a lot of them need the minutes and the only way they're going to get the minutes is by playing in the cup competitions so you have to use them, obviously you need to win the games, you know, first and foremost you have to win the games but to be able to get Matt sharpness into that many players away from home is brilliant. I was absolutely delighted with the with the starting lineup. It was the kind of starting lineup I was I was hoping for, you know. But I was like Chris. I thought as soon as I saw that Ali went, Salah went, you know, McAllister went, I thought, okay, he's going to go out and make sure we get this game one and then make changes on the other. So you know. I, I was absolutely delighted when I saw that the he made the changes that he made and he gave first starts debuts um minutes need, much needed minutes to a lot of players I was I was over the moon with it
0: Yeah it's uh, it's great to get uh, those players that have been out of the squad even for a short amount of time or a long amount of time back up to speed and there's one thing coming on you know Gravin Birch getting the last 10 minutes or whatever it was against Wolves it's one thing to you know, get your very first appearance, but it's different going right from the start and having to be the players that imprint our game plan onto the opposition and didn't really work out so great. I mean, not a ton of talking points really up until their goal kind of flitted in and out like grabbing Birch I thought throughout the entire first half was peaks and valleys for me. Like, I don't know if you saw the same thing, Chris, where he made three, four, just blind passes into midfield. It's just a straight giveaway. But then two minutes later, he's getting the ball, turning, driving upfield. You know, he's got his head up and he looks sprightly, but then would go back down again.
2: Yeah, it was glimpses. You can you were kind of watching going, oh, I was definitely a player in there, you know, but he looks pretty rusty. I mean, I mean, the goal came from, uh, also be a little mistake. You know, Harvey Elliott looks like he does a good control. And it's always like between him and the center, but they go, Jaws, Jaws. And this is probably the, the communication thing of, they haven't started many games together recently and like, Which leads to the corner, and look, we're going to talk about the corner. Give them credit; it's a great route. It's a really good routine. They had two people blocking uh, Gravenberg and Diaz, so they can't get out to the guy at the end of the box. The first touch he does kills it, and then it's great hit. Really good hit. You know, if you're doing you know rolls reverse, that was us. You'd be going. That's a great routine. From Liverpool point of view, it's like it's a sloppy corner. It's a slow start. You want us We should be expecting blockers. You know, it's it's a bit frustrated. I, I was kind of hoping that goal would wake us wake us up. But I'll be honest, it, it, we were a bit just a bit lethargic all first half. It didn't really get going. But give them credit that's a that's a really good goal. Sometimes you have got to hold your hands up a little bit and go, "It's a good, hit that." You know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You can't have too many complaints when a shot like that goes flying into the net. Uh, I I don't know on your guys's feed on mine when Elliot took that ball down, the commentator was like, "And what a touch by Elliot!" Oh wait, no, it's not. And it, it just got stuck in that half it, space where nobody committed yeah. to get it.
2: It was almost yeah. brilliant, wasn't it? As well as when thinking, "Oh what a oh it's
1: <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah look just a style." It, like, it, it? It, it, it's it's where match sharpness comes in, you know, and awareness. And sensing danger. Plus, you're playing against a side you've never seen, you've never played against before. In the Premier League, you know the players you're playing against, you know where their strengths are, and you know what to expect. It's it's one of those things when you come up against sides in Europe that you never face. That you have to be aware of these things, and that always comes from match sharpness and experience. I mean, Elliot should have should have realized straight away, and, and does not get into that. And mm-hmm. Endo should have made sure that if Eli's not getting there, the man's not getting past me. But mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what happened there. Once the corner, once it's gone out for a corner, you've reset. Yeah. You know, So you're in a position to do something. It was actually three runners. There was four on the edge of the box. Three ran in and one stood back. And the touch away onto his right foot and bang, great. Gravenberts has to do better coming out. And he has to make himself bigger to block the shot, and if the, and if he gets hurt in the process, what about it? At the end of the day, that's what he has to do better than that. But throughout the first half, the passing was off. The, you know, Knowing where players are going to run before they run, so you can make your pass. The accuracy. If you're going to play through the middle like we do, your passing has to be really accurate and really crisp, and it wasn't. It was slightly off. But it was slightly off for the whole half, and that led to attacks breaking down in bad areas. So once that happened, you're, you're playing yourself into trouble. Saying that, bar their shot in the first half for their goal. <laughs> they didn't do anything else. You know, yeah. They didn't punish us in any way, shape, or form. It's just that we never got – I never felt that we were in control, even though the possession stats say that we were in control of the first half. I, it never felt like that for me. Um, but saying that, for all of that, we still had some decent half chances in that first half. And another day, someone follows that cross in from Ben Doak where he, he was really good. He was bright, you know, taking on his fullback, got turned him inside out a couple of times, got some good balls across the box. You know, gambling strikers should be expecting him to beat his fullback and get across like, for that one that he put across, especially. And the other one, I mean, Nunes, header, you can look at it and say, yeah, great save. And it was, it was a really good save. Man on the line behind the keeper as well. Good defending. Well set up. But, you know, there are the half chances you need to put away when things aren't going your way to settle things down. Sorry, so if, if, that's, if that's not a
2: Liverpool game, so if we're watching
1: Arsenal and Gabriel does that,
2: none of us are saying great save. We're all saying, what the fuck is Gabriel doing? Put yeah. your head through it. You know, yeah. if we're being it's... honest, when you saw it, you, you were like, goal. That's a goal yeah. all day. And the, he's like... Yeah. Uh, but I kind of summed it up. It was like it was just a lot of it was nearly moments. But to be fair yeah. to Darwin, I actually thought probably he was probably the most consistent across all of all for the 90 minutes. I thought he at least gave us something to hit. And most times he hit I thought actually he kept the ball quite well. I thought his interplay was okay first half, but second half it was much, much better. I mean, so was the team, to be fair. So, you know, like you said though, at least with Darwin, even when you miss a chance like that, it doesn't um it doesn't put him off. He just goes for it again. You know, he doesn't really shirk and hide for it, which is what you want, really. You know, because like you said, Diaz was very quiet first half.
0: Yeah, he had a few moments, I thought, where he he was able to pick the ball up on that left side and kind of cut into the middle and drag the defenders with him and get their defense pulled a little bit out of the, uh, out of shape. The one that got missed over, I mean, the, the save from Darwin, that's about 36 minutes. But... Like, right after they score, we respond. That's when Doak whips that ball across the box that nobody's there to put in. And a couple minutes mm-hmm. after that, Harvey Elliott finds himself, like, playing left midfield, and he gets his head up, and he sees Darwin make a run, and he puts a inch-perfect ball into the yeah, middle should... of the box for Darwin. And he's got he to should... put it on target. goes over.
2: Yeah, he should He should at least get it on target. I and mean, to that's Darwin, that's one of his strengths. You know, his head is really good. You know, so... Yeah, so... Two-headed uh...
0: goals against Man United in the 7-0. So there's mm. our required mention but, of the seven now.
1: But a lot of that was why I was really relaxed at halftime. It's because look, they were we'd restricted them to mm-hmm. you know half chances at best, you know, and we were dominating the ball. You knew eventually it would it would pay off. That we would work work a chance and get a goal back. And it was, it was only a matter of time. You know, Klopp made a few adjustments at halftime and the players almost took the shackles off and really went for it in the second half. But I, I was fairly relaxed at halftime. Didn't expect any changes. Uh, I was, It was like a case of, look, you lot got us into this mess. It's up to you to get, a, get us out of it. You know, This is a responsibility that's on your shoulders now. You know, it's not good enough to just turn around and say, yeah, you're new at the club, or you, know, you haven't played in a while. It doesn't matter. You've got a shirt on. Uh, you're playing for Liverpool. You're away in Europe against a side you should be beating. It's up to you to put it right and i was glad he didn't you know almost hit the break the glasses and hit the button and say okay endo is not really working for you Grabbers not really working for you i'm gonna whip you two off and we'll go to a try and trusted." i thought no you've given him he's given he gave him a chance to put it right and i think that was the right call yeah and it
0: It seemed like I came into the the halftime break. I mean, just before the halftime break, the referee decides that he didn't hit his quota for yellow cards and just... Yeah, he went all card-happy, didn't he? Three yellow cards in about two and a half minutes or something like that. I mean, Kanate really talked himself into one, so hopefully he didn't swear at him.
2: Well, Kanate did the thing, which was um, the usual... Say your piece to the ref. He says, no, and then that's it. But he just kept going, kept going. It's like, don't keep biting, because especially in Europe, you'll get a booking for that. And Bajetic was... He, he got played into trouble and then it's a panic tackle, isn't it? So, you know, yeah. Uh Barry Dare say, just joining has Chris Brack slagged off yet. No, 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 yeah. It's coming. Co- it's coming. Fucking I, I know.
0: <laughs> at the at the half, though, I mean, I thought Lask would have been over the moon with their performance. You know, they mm-hmm. they defended compactly enough. And like you were saying, Kev, like we never really had an extended spell of possession where we were cycling the ball around the back, you know, trying to probe for those openings. The chances that we had kind of came on the break. They were kind of snap chances sort of thing. They were very solid and composed at the back. They scored their wonder goal. You know, they had their look at goal. They put it in the back of the net. They had the lead. Their stadium sounded great, by the way. I mean, good for them with a nice new stadium there in Linz. Out of the Liverpool players, though, I thought I thought Virgil van Dyke had a couple of moments defending in the first half that looked so good. So good. Just calm, coming over, using his size, shepherding the ball out. You know, covered for Kanate at one point. When uh, a foul isn't called, and all of a sudden they have a three-on-two break right at the edge of our box, and Virgil just goes over. It, the the interception is so good; it doesn't even go up for a corner. It goes out for a throw-in. Uh, Endo, I see there. Somebody asked what we made of Endo. Chris, what uh, what did you make of Endo's performance in the first half and the game in general?
2: Steady, I think that's what he is. He's just a steady Eddie. You know, he isn't quick, but look, he, mop, he mops up. He's tidy on the ball. He's just kind of a bog standard number six. You know, kind of, kind of what you want him to do, really. Endo wasn't the problem in the first half. The, it was the players you expect to do a bit more with the ball be a bit more flared with the ball, which is really slow. And also, I think coming out from the back, we were just in general slow. So when we, we you get the ball past him, it's it, snail's pace, so he's got he's got nothing to roll off or turn. So Endo, for me, every time I've seen him play, the cups I've seen him play, he's like, yeah, he looks fine, looks solid. Nothing more yeah. of it, less. Nice. He, he seems to use his body very well. He does
0: a really good job of trapping the ball at his feet and using his body to shield the defenders off in the middle of the park. And he had one in the second half where he absolutely got his pocket picked, uh, dilly dallying on the ball. Hmm. Kev, what, what did you make of Bacicic in the first uh, first half, playing that right back inverted role?
1: He's, he looks more comfortable when he gets into midfield. Um, you could tell it's the first time he's ever he's probably ever played right back in his life, but I think it's a position he can learn. Um, mm. someone who definitely showed, like, yeah, I haven't played football in a long, long time, and this you, is all you, brand you, new to me, so I'm learning, you know. I and, still think, but that's all I made of him. I just, yeah. I just looked at him, I thought, yeah, you're definitely a work in progress here, you know. I still wouldn't that, be coming down and, hard on any of him.
2: I do think that there are signs there with him, we think long term. He look be more comfortable. with the if you're got to keep doing this inverted fullback, he looks like he'd be a lot long term more comfortable doing that as a trend backup than to be fair, Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez is good if you're going to play as a traditional, traditional right back or as a centre back. I felt yeah. that does I think he's got the tools and the best versatility. I think it suit it will suit him more.
0: Yeah, I yeah. Mean, and he made, he made a tackle in the second half that that's exactly the type of slide tackle you want a player playing in the middle of the park to be able to make. I mean, it was textbook perfect slide tackle. Gets the ball, gets up, and gets us driving forward again. Like, Kev, do you think it's the the way forward with Batchetich, especially with the injuries to Connor, uh, Connor Bradley, of not having that natural right back to fill in and do trends thing? Because we seem like we're going with the system. Like it seems that three box three is the way we're going forward. You think he's going to get an extended run there? Maybe because also the midfield minutes market is so competitive at the moment for us.
1: I think there's a shirt there to be had, uh, and it's he could definitely make it make it his own. You know, I, long term, I I could definitely think he could be a proper option there. You know, mm. and you still got to remember he's only a kid you know he's only really young he's still learning his game he's still learning about what he's able to do so he looks technically he looks really good and the more minutes he plays in the position the more comfortable he's going to be i want to see him in the next leg at home in the same position i want to see him in the league cup playing in that position and ask again in 6 months time see how, see what he what he can offer in 6 months you can't judge anything on 60 minutes or 70 minutes but you can definitely see in what you saw last season that he's technically a good midfielder. And it's just the rest of the the rest of the position that requires. I think to do this role properly, you have to be really switched on and really defensively aware. And hopefully that's something that he can learn over time. But, you know...
2: We saw I, the benefit, I, though. For I him. think he...
1: We did see the benefit of him for the equaliser, though, didn't we? Playing
2: that inverted role, because that's where you saw his midfield...
1: Is Denouce, Matilding best. at his
2: best. Denounce him and Elliot. It's lovely link-up play to lead up to yeah. it. So you could. I know what you're saying. I'm. I'm with you. Give him time. I think that could be his role. Mm. But you know, we did see some green shoes of what he can do. Well,
0: second half we get into it. I thought we pretty much came out. It wasn't the stark change as it was from Wolves' first half to second half, but immediately in the second half we get that that sustained pressure. We're, we're just getting the ball and recycling, and they're fending for their lives, kicking it back out. We're just getting the ball, bringing it back in again. We get a free kick. Simikas throws it in. A few more chances around the box. And then Bacetic does such a good job. A little one-two with Harvey Elliott. He keeps on running, doing his best. Andy Robertson from last week impersonation. Kind of dinks the cross back out. What are our thoughts? Kev, is that a penalty?
1: 100%. I don't see how it can't be. I mean, if you if you follow the logic that people say, "Ah, uh, the ball was out of play," then I can two foot anyone on the knees, as long as the ball's out of play. I can do whatever I like when the ball goes out of play, because it's clearly not a foul. It obviously is a foul. If you when you when you saw where, where he caught him on he's standing foot, he caught him shin high. He's lucky it was only a penalty that was given. You know, the, the ball was nowhere near him. And he missed his tackle, and he caught him in the shin. And it's an absolute nailed-on penalty. I don't see what, the, what the discussion's about. Yeah. I you were saying that your the commentators on your feed said it wasn't a penalty. Jerry Armstrong was doing the commentary on ours, and he was as soon as he saw it, he was like, "Oh my god, yeah, penalty, hundred percent." You know, I I just can't for the life of me understand how someone could see that. Where someone goes shin high on someone's standing foot in the penalty box, and think that it's anything other than a penalty.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Chris. I presume you can make this a unanimous consensus. <coughs> I I agree with what Kev said. They, like you see the you see where the defender comes down on his standing leg, and regardless of the fact that he's already kind of shanked the ball wide of the net, it's just a penalty, right?
2: I didn't think it was going to get given. Generally, didn't. I saw it. I thought, and I, and I think Ashley I'll... Got it right. He said, "I think we've all been brainwashed by how bad the prem is." I looked at one. You never get, you never getting that. I just looked at. It. I saw it. I went, yeah, he has caught him after his shot, but we never get a pen for that. So when he gave it, I was like, "Oh, that's nice," because it's. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you see many of them given, and maybe that's the difference between Europe and the Premier League. You know, the Premier League will make some bullshit why it's not given, but I was made up. It was given because it was a bit sustained pressure, and um, nice to see somebody else taking a penalty over them. Mo Salah, because you want somebody to take, not because I don't want Mo Salah to take a bet. It's just, well, who's going to take the responsibility? Because I thought, if Mo's not taking, it, you think it's normally Sobosly or it'd be McAllister. And you think, like, well, they're not on the pitch. So that's what you want. you big number nine going, I'll take the responsibility off. And fair play to Darwin. He absolutely nailed it. No keeper saving that. It's like, that's a brilliant pen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Enough pace on it. It's a, a, an extended, prancy run up, but he really puts his foot right through the back of the ball. But I. There was a point where Virgil had the ball and was standing over the spot, and it like I don't know who is our fourth or fifth designated penalty taker because I would expect Trent would probably be up there with mm-hmm. you know McAllister, Sabaslai and Mo to take the penalties. And it's like shit, who yeah. takes our penalties now? So
2: at first, my first thought was oh, I assume I actually thought Diaz was going to take it. I just assumed he would, and I was like, oh, of course, no, I would take it. Yeah, that thing um, Van Dyke does. He's uh, that's becoming a bit of the thing Little do in, in general is the non-penalty taker just stands on the ball. So, so yeah, I think Virgil had all the lads kicking off at him, saying it's not a penalty. And he stood there, and then the referee, well, the penalty given, and then he just and he just turns the dial and goes, "There you go, mate. There's your there's your ball." Because he's not yeah. and then wrapped it in your ear. Go go and get yourself ready. Yeah,
0: it, it it keeps them from shit housing and coming over and roughing up, you know, the foot landing spot for the penalty or anything yeah, like yeah.
2: that. I, I uh, mean, looking look at that pitch, I wouldn't. I don't think it needed any help. He wasn't the best, cool. was he? And
0: I mean, the number of players slipping and sliding in the second half, like the Linz players, seemed like they were having some traction issues. the Simicast in the first half, he must have slipped, I think, three times. Just nobody around him, ball being played out to him. And he just decides to fall over like Andre Onana. Any uh, any apprehension, Kev, watching Darwin step up and take that penalty?
1: You're always nervous because you're not used to him taking pence. You're always nervous for him. And I thought their keeper actually had a decent enough game. Yeah. You know, he's a big lad. He's he covers he covers the goal. He, he's a big unit, and he got he picked yeah. the right side. So credit to Darwin. He slotted it into the corner, and that's but, good. You, you know, do nice do you bit of confidence him? for him. Trevor's last pen for us though. And no. the
2: uh, it was getting Darby in the in the shootout, and fuck me, <laughs> he tried. No, up and he but he, he couldn't miss it. <laughs> it was most no, under- I it. I ever seen in my life. So.
1: <laughs> you were you were but
2: there. No, right? I, I, no, my daughter was. We'd also um, be that with that. So,
1: yeah, I was just happy it went in. And because for the sustained pressure that we built up in that first 10 minutes of the second half, it, it deserved it. We were playing some really good stuff, and you could tell this the play was quicker, snapping into the tackles a bit harsher. And there was a one point at, in the second, you could tell the two fullbacks were going higher and wide, and we were leaving Kanate and Virgil almost inside their, inside their half saying, okay, no matter what happens, we're going to trust ourselves to outpace you, even if you play a ball over the top. And there was one instance where they played a bit, ball over the top and Kanate just ran back. He just swept it up back to Keller and brought it back out to Virgil on the other side and attacked again. So you could tell that was the main key difference from the start of the, from the first half to the second half is that they were just a lot, we were just a lot more aggressive and we created more overloads in better areas.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember when the one play was with Darwin where he got the ball on the left-hand side about at the halfway line and just surveyed the situation and just kicked it 30 yards down the touchline and just torched his defender, like getting him behind. The the speed he has is absolutely fantastic. He gets his goal, though. Our forwards just keep scoring and scoring and scoring. We make the substitutions, first round of substitutions, triple subs. McAllister, stop Gomez, come on. Bacetic goes off, Ben Doke goes off, and Endo, Wataru make way as well. Looks like Harvey goes into the right wing position to fill in for where Doke was. Shortly thereafter, one of the strangest corner defenses I've ever seen. Like, Chris, could you make any sense of what the defense was thinking? Like, the ball comes in and everybody presumes that it's been headed out,
2: but it's just lying on the ground. It's, it's like watching kids' football, isn't it? It's, it's a classic <sighs> Liverpool tactic, which is like, it's all right, lads, watch this down. They're all three yards offside, so it's okay. You know, fuck, the fuck, they were. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, it, it was one of those things about like, generally, where's the ball? Nobody knows the, where the ball was. It would have just been a typical Liverpool, that wouldn't it? You know, we've just equalizing and we give away the most comical goal. But I think it's not long after that we score.
0: It's um, almost immediately after that.
2: Yeah. And again, Darwin <laughs> Nunes. That's what you want from your number nine. Picks it up, holds it, and then pl- plays a brilliant ball down to Gravenberch. And, and it's a great 1st time cross. And the Louis-Diaz tap-in finish. That is starting to become a bit of a trademark clock clock 2.0 goal, that. It is. Nine comes in deep, gets it out wide, and Louis-Diaz comes in at the back post. And it's a great its a great finish. Keepers, no chance. And good for Gravenberch, you know, because it, it came, came off for him. The right move, which is what you want from your midfield. It's great, isn't it, Kev? Runners from midfield going past the striker. We didn't have that for <laughs> a year. You may sit there going, "Well, what you expect? None of our lads can run."
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I'll be, I'll be honest. There was flashes in what you saw in Gravenberch in the first half that you thought he, he's he's got something about in this kid. But he's got to sharpen up his defensive nous. His passing needs to be sharper. He needs to read the game a little bit. He'd be a bit more aware of players around him. But that'll come. That'll all come. There was times when he turned players and just ran, and it was yeah. like watching Gakpo you know, just open the legs mm. and just go very similar to what Paul Pogba was when in his Juventus days. That mm. left sided, left sided eight had a bit of freedom and could open his legs up and make things happen. You know, um, looks like that kind of player that he'll be your attacking. Center made a of a three, you know, that can he can play a 10 if you want him to, but he can definitely play that attacking ball. That ball the, to whip it off, bear in mind, it was his first start for Liverpool, and the fact that he hasn't really played meaningful football in a while to still be doing that in you know into the second half and have the awareness the first time that cross inch perfect mm-hmm. that that was quality, you know, that was that was real quality, you know, yeah, and and- finish. The to finish to, for Diaz to cut across his man, you know, the awareness, yeah, I'm going to trust that he's going to be there. I'm going to make this run. So he the run made the cross, but it was beautiful football. It was a beautiful goal. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's there's enough good about that goal that we're able to talk around it and still miss out on. Like, Harvey Elliott is involved in that goal as well. It's actually mm-hmm. him that plays the ball down the channel into Gravenberch. But I thought it was very reminiscent to our third goal against Wolves, especially the Darwin Nunes part of it where he wins his aerial battle. You know, he's got that defender pin, spins, gets his head up, ball out wide, ball down into the channel, ball back into the box, ball into the back of the net. Brilliant. I mean, I was never really at any point in the game, even when we were one nil down. I don't think we played poorly enough to justify worrying about it. The 11 that were on the pitch were, were strong enough to beat Lask away in Austria. That's kind of proven in the pudding. And then you look at the strength of the bench of just like the ability to bring on Sabah McAllister, Mo Salah, Joel Matip, Joe Gomez. Those are all very, very strong changes. It just goes better and better. I mean, this is what, four times this season we've gone a goal behind and come back and won all of those games. It's hmm. starting to become a little thing for us. Uh, yeah. What else do we got here? Oh, Yeah. Mo Salah comes onto the pitch in the 74th oh. minute and decides to put on a 15 minute skills and tricks demonstration. It felt like his touches could have been set to Euro techno music because,
2: it, I mean, Chris, his first touch. It, it was just his first touch. He, he just runs on the wing, does a little drag, gets two more but follow me, <laughs> lads, drag back and flicks it past, him and just goes, I'm too good cool for the Europa League, and just rocks off. At the, it was just 15 minutes of, I'll, I'll just take the piss. But it was effective because it still. Got his crosses, still got you know. He eventually gets his goal, but you are just going. You forget how sometimes I think we're talking about. You forget how good Mo Salah is, and you forget yeah. he's just different, different level.
1: No, but I've got a theory yeah. on this. Mo Salah. On. Mo Salah is basically saying to the EA Sports content creators, you shouldn't be giving me a three star skill level in your game. He's a five star skiller. The man uh, yeah, is it's... just, he's just mustard. Like you know what I mean? The, the way he took that ball, dragged it onto his foot, and passed it in one movement. It's. He's and ridiculous. He's a ridiculous he's get, footballer. That
2: outside of his left foot cross now is just becoming deadly oh. deadly. He had
0: two of them in his short little cameo at the end of this game. Like one pretty much after that little skill move when he first came on. And in the 80th minute, he had one from like Trent's position, you know. Like it was like a 30-35-yard 30, raking back post one for Diaz, where you could see it happening. Like their defense was coming in and Diaz was making that angled run, and Mo got his head
2: up and just outside of the left foot. <laughs> oh. oh. If we're speaking of breaking passes, because I think I, I generally think I'm starting to fall in love with him. Can we just talk about Sober slack but 25 minutes he came on. and It's just a joy to watch, isn't it? You know, obviously he's, I'm not saying he's him, but Kev, you me around the Stephen Gerrard days when he'd always pick a ball up in his own half, go watch this. I was going to spray it. We could spoil the trends. We've got another lad. He could just do it, but then he could also drive at them. You know, he's got an eye for a pass, you know, I think he's going to get a ruck of goals for us as well. You know, he's just Mate, unreal. He's th- just looked ridiculous. I
1: don't, I don't know what his best position is because I think he's brilliant in a double six. Yeah. I think he's absolutely brilliant in the middle of the park where he can dictate everything. But then when you see what he can do on the edge of the box in a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 as you know, an eight who, who joins into the attack, he's been there five minutes. You know what I mean? He's been there five minutes and my I'm just delighted that Liverpool went and paid the buyout. Uh, because if we dilly dallied on that one, man, we would have we would have missed out. We would have missed oh, out bigly.
0: If he was wearing a Man City jersey, it would be excruciating. Yeah. You know, if we'd have been He's... linked with him and he'd have gone to Man City and filled in for De Bruyne when De Bruyne goes down <laughs> injured. Oh,
1: Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, an incredible,
0: One incredible player.
1: One thing, James made a point there in the chat. Apparently uh went off with cramp, which is understandable given the amount of ground he covered uh on the night. Uh so yeah, look, if if that if that's the way he went off, then you know, fair enough. Don't mind that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, that's a lot of running for your first, you know, meaningful minutes. Like I said, he had the 10 or 15 against the Wolves at the end of the game, but to get almost a, a full 90, and that's that's
1: absolutely wonderful thought, to see. I,
2: I thought he was about to get a Real Madrid recreation. I thought Kev was going to get attacked by his dog. I was like, oh, God. If I <laughs> get attacked yeah. by my dog, mate,
1: 4999. I know, I've seen your you you dog. <laughs> <hit>. That's <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but he just wants to Three. play now. That's all he wants to do. Three me. minutes
0: from the end, speaking of wanting to play, I mean, Darwin Nunez and Mo Salah, effective snappy press from, from the front, even with three minutes left to go. <laughs> I mean, it's another one of those close pieces of skill and control in the box that are maybe Mo Salah's trademark goal. I don't even really know what you'd He it a trademark goal.
2: As Barry says, he loves a toe poke finish, doesn't he? Oh, Through the keeper's yeah. legs. It's great. All credit to Darwin because, you know, that's a big part of his game that's improved so far as he's pressing and pressing the right areas and getting the balls back and he's reaping the rewards now. Cause you know, he's heavily involved at in all three goals. You know, that's what you want. With
0: yeah. Yeah. It's, it's lovely. And I mean, Mo loves scoring. He keeps going. I think he's up to what now? 10 goal involvements or something this season.
2: I think so. I think, I, I think it, I can't remember, it April last time, he did have a goal involvement. Something stupid yeah. like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. You know, uh, the beautiful
1: thing about that goal was the fact that he checked back it because you could tell they'd, they'd almost like, he's going to go on his left, he's going to go on his left. He went on his right and just done the two of them. It was a beautiful finish through the legs, but wonder, it was but, that willingness to go in on the right that done him They didn't have a clue.
2: That's where I hope uh, Ben Doke watched that, because before we equalised, Ben Doke got to a simple position, he skins the fullback, puts him on his arse, perfect, but instead of then doing what you don't to, do, which is, you know, get the cross off. You know, I'm going to beat the man again. And I think, again, he's 17s, as you think to know, but hopefully that's what he'll pick up from Mo Salah yeah. is when to do. You do that bit of skill, but then you finish it with either a cross or a shot. You know, you don't need to beat him three times, you know. <laughs> and look, because he can beat everyone three times. That's great. It's just that's the thing you'll learn as he gets more game time, which is when to do your skill and when just to trust your ability, you know, because he's got plenty of it.
0: Yeah, I, I think
2: Dokes, I mean, in terms of a debut start
0: for Liverpool, it just, for me, really puts into perspective how well Jarrell Kwanzaa played on the weekend yeah. in his first start for Liverpool. That today's game, you can look at Ben Doke's performance and go, that's a 17-year-old kid making his first start. That's, that's the type of game that a 17-year-old kid is going to have making the start to their career. The game that Kwanzaa had on the weekend was like, hmm, all right. That's, you know, Kwanzaa's three years older than... Doke is, but a lot more responsibility playing at center half and in in a much changed defensive line. So that's absolutely fantastic, but it seems like he's going to get the run now. I I wouldn't be surprised now if he started this game. I think Doke might just start every one of these Europa League games and we can drip feed Mo Salah in there. I mean, I know he's going to want to play, Kev, but we got to give this kid some minutes, right?
1: Yeah, I think the way you're going to look at it is they'll manage the minutes of where we're playing. I think if we're playing at home, I wouldn't be surprised to see Salah start and get an hour and maybe Doug play on the other side. Uh, I think they'll take each game with a view to what's going on at the weekend and maybe the following week, take them in blocks of, you know, almost take the games in blocks of three. See, look, bar the two center halves or maybe bar the center halves. Nobody's probably going to play all three games in a block, but everyone of the main players will have an involvement in the three, you know, league cup aside. If you're talking playing Premier League, Europa League, Premier League, Europa League, you know, say a block of game, four games like that, they'll probably look at it and say, okay, most players will have an involvement in three of those, be that off the bench or from the start, and they'll manage minutes that way. Because the one good thing about the group that we're in, there's not really massive travelling. You know, they're... Yeah, this is our furthest, but,
0: this is our furthest trip.
1: Yeah, that's it. And it's like, it's not like when we were in the Europa League for the last time around, where we were going to okay. and, yeah and yeah, all places like that. It, it's, it's very manageable, you know, these groups. So, and you'd expect there to be wholesale changes for the Leicester game. But again, West Ham at the weekend is going to get, um I think, it's a massive game, depending on what West Ham do tonight. Because West Ham look like they've gone fairly strong, you know. So, I think that tonight no, no, no. Uh, tonight will benefit us a lot, an awful lot. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the end, it ends up being a fairly, I would say, routine victory for Liverpool, regardless of making wholesale changes to the starting lineup and going a goal down. It seems like going a goal down and coming back is just just normal now. Yeah you know don't uh, don't rely on a lot it's of not a good
1: habit to get into by the way it's not it's not uh, it's a nice thing to be able to do you it's not something that we you know we we should be you know, taking oh we've got one down it's that's all it's all well and good until we go two down again and then you've really got your work cut out you know gotta sharpen up and start games faster and be yeah. be more aggressive and be more accurate with our passing get ahead in games and manage them properly you know, so it's great to be able to have that in the locker to say, yeah, you've got the fortitude to be able to come back in games, but it's not a good habit to be getting into No,
0: No. For me, the big thing is coming, like going into the international break, having Trent pull up with an injury and coming through our first two games back because to me, the big question coming into the season was always going to be, how the hell are we playing this system without Trent there? Because he's yeah. so integral that the the position is effectively built for him. He's the one that's doing the unique, bizarre thing that makes that formation its formation. And Bacetic, I think that's a that's an ample cameo. There might be, like you said, Kev, an opportunity there for him to make himself that backup for the season when Trent needs a blow. But we're getting the results, you know. Poor, poor first half against Wolves. Pretty lackluster first half in this game. Good second halves in both of those games. And we come away with the three points for both, you know. We get off to a winning start in it. Uh, Chris, will come to you. Who did you like for man of the match?
2: Darwin. 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 I thought he's involved in all three goals. I thought he did the hold up play well. You know, I don't know he could have a couple more. It was a standard phrase we said to save for Darwin. But I just thought his all round game was pretty decent. Uh probably shout out as well. Uh honourable mention to Harvey Elliott. I thought Harvey Elliott sort of grew into the game and did pretty well, but I'd give it to
1: Darwin. Hmm. Kev, what about you? Yeah, it's Darwin all day long, every day of the week, for exactly the same reasons as what Chris gave. It was an all around number nine performance. You know, he got his goal. He was involved in everything. Um, had good chances, you know, and that's all you want from a striker get good chances. You know, you'll score more than what you miss. And on another day, he gets hat trick. You know, yeah. Luis Diaz, I thought, was the honorable mention. Um, worked really hard, got his goal, took his goal really well, uh, grew into the game, better second half. Um, Starting to trust himself a bit more. I, I still don't know if he believes his body is in the best possible shape. Still feel like he's um he's not quite trusted himself completely. You feel but, like he can go
2: quicker, yeah, don't no. you? I yeah, I do. I, def- quicker, which is quite I, I definitely think
1: I think he's in fourth gear waiting to push the clutch to go into fifth. You know, he's he he, he needs to trust himself a bit more. But yeah, no, I thought he was really good. Thought so Ryan Gravenberg had patches, he was really good. Virgil looks solid as hell. Yeah. kind of had fuck all to do so that's a bonus uh, his best, save, of, was, his best well. save was offside wasn't it it was yeah it was a really good save as well it was yeah. really good save.
2: a very was a
0: nice save. very nice Schmeichel starfish yeah i i think it's yeah. pretty pretty consensus that darwin's going to be your man of the match i mean to be involved in all the goals i was going to say also like chris uh, honorable mention to harvey elliott his versatility in the team i think is going to be one of his strongest assets this year because it allows us to bring a forward off and he can bump up and play on the right wing. And then when, uh, when Salah came onto the pitch, he dropped back into left in, into midfield, but played on the left side so that we could keep Sabaslai on the right and not force Sabaslai to play out of position. So, I mean, starting right mid, then playing right wing, then playing left mid, it's going to get him a lot of minutes and like his defensive acumen is there. He's snapping into, he's making good plays going forward. So out of the senior man on a very young right-hand side for us to, start the game i think that came out very well but i i, I can't get over how good virgil van dyke looks because it's unbelievably important for us to have just that rock of solidity at the back even if we have to just rotate who plays as his partner just to make sure that Kanate stays fit that matthew stays fit that gomez keeps his head screwed on correctly and that we develop kwanzaa in the way that we want to develop them it's all good so i mean boys that's a pretty good start to the Europa league you know or the early kickoff Got the rest of the evening ahead. We can go watch the other uh, second halves of the other games. Toulouse and Union Saint Gilois decide to have a draw in our group. So it's all in our hands. We win our first four games and we top the group no matter what. And we can make crazy, crazy lineups for the final two group games.
2: Kev, listen, Kev's getting run out for the sixth game at this price.
1: <laughs> well, I was just looking at the other results in the group tonight that have, that have come in. There's only one real, what you call shock. It's not really shock, but. Panathinaikos beating Villarreal 2 0 at home. Or mm. Panathinaikos are a home, but winning that 2 0 against the Spanish side has been decent. Is a good result for them. Slavia Pag winning away against Cereves. Good result. Roma winning away against Sheriff. You know, Bar Leverkusen looked really good, apparently. 4 0 winners. Karabakh winning, which is probably it. Carabag Carabag as well, yeah. Mm. Well, Karabakh winning. Against Mulder, you're looking at them. both sides have been in Champions Leagues, been in and around this competition now for a while. So, yeah, I asked
2: Marseille's
1: 2 2 as well, which would be
2: interesting.
1: Yeah, there's some good games going on tonight, in fairness. There's some good sides still in this. You know, Rangers are 0 0 still at the minute against Real Betis at home. Uh, West Ham 0 we uh, 0. Uh, uh,
0: you said Villa lost, uh, in it's the early start in the conference league,
1: yeah, 3 2. They lost. Which is probably a bit of a surprise.
0: Who were they playing?
1: I, I forgot. I forgot about the conference league. To be honest, uh, Legia Warsaw. Yeah. Also. yeah. Mm. And the other one is an Altmer, Lost four three away. Uh, in that, Fiorentina drew two two against Genk. Aberdeen lost two one against Eintracht Frankfurt. So, um, yeah. Look, the, you wouldn't say there's massive shocks all around Europe. You'd have expected Villa to do better. You know, going up the. Even going to Legia Warsaw, going away, you still expect Villa to be uh, beating the side like that. But they got off and the like, a and they were down. Yeah,
2: you feel and like Brighton have to down. win. You feel like Brighton need, need the win tonight, really. Yeah, just to
1: we'll, build their we'll, confidence.
2: We'll... This is all brand new to them. Yeah.
0: And uh, any any big takeaways from the Champions League from the last two days, Chris?
2: I can't work out if well, I, United were shies. But I can't work was buying actually really that good, or are Bayern also a bit shit. Because in some ways I'm going, well, Bayern could have had four or five quite comfortably, but I'm also thinking yeah, I could probably score more than the three we did because Bayern were just a bit wildly wide up wide open. Although it was bit, that was I watched that it was just a bit of an, an odd game. Um I didn't really see many of the other games. I saw bits of the PSG game, I saw City came from one nil down, beat the side quite comfortably. Arsenal Arsenal, a pretty routine win, but I think I'd expect most English guys to beat PSV at home. And PSV have lost two the bigger names since they qualified. So I think Kev called it last night. PSV just feel like they're just happy to be there. That, that's pretty much it. So all in all, yeah, nothing really exciting. Probably Real Madrid getting a last-minute winner was... Nothing really exciting. Kev, did you see Lazio's goalie score with the last game? Oh, uh, <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> I that
1: Lazio's keeper scoring, what a run. What a run, what a header. Apparently, okay. he was—he played up front. He was a striker. Uh, up until he turned about 15, he played up front in youth football. And then he, he just, I'm not going to make it as a striker, so he, I'll, I'll be a goalkeeper. And All credit to him, it, it was a brilliant run. But to see at the end of it, everyone run on the pitch, massive celebrations, and that shithouse Diego Simeone, running around like this, looking for yellow cards for players that went on to the fuck off. Fucking gimp Can't stand him. Absolutely can't stand him. He's an absolute parasite of football. Hate oh, he's about just him.
0: he's a total killjoy. Just like his demeanor yep. and the way he sets his team up to play football is just to suck joy and happiness
2: out of this the sport and the people that support it. Yeah. Well we saw that with we saw that with, we saw that with a uh, Savat when Alison scores the winner. That's the one time where you can sort of go as a manager go. Madden at football. Keep a score. Uda U- U- but no, he, he was being a dead at Demi Don't think it was a corner.
1: Oh fuck <laughs> you know, off like,
2: get over. Yeah, Collins coming
1: it's, in for late updates. It, it's mental. It's it's like I, I watched Newcastle, I was bored. I was watching I was watching him and I thought you've signed Milan's best midfielder, and he's absolutely poxy for you. You know, he doesn't want to be there. And you can tell a mile off that he'll be back in Italy in two years. Um Newcastle don't have the squad depth for two for two competitions. Um they might get out of get out of the group. If they don't get out of the group, they'll get into the Europa League and have to play in February. But I think they'll suffer in the league for it. Um they've done well to qualify for the Champions League. Uh but let's not kid ourselves. They're in the Champions League because we were shite and Chelsea was shite. Yeah. You know, that that's the only reason they got in. And uh, the same for Manchester United, they're fucking shite as well, let's be honest. You know, at the end of, of the day Bayern were half asleep and they, they they, should have won that five or six you know question and, and Bayern were poor
2: question for you Kev mm. I don't think it'll happen if Man United lose to Burnley on Saturday how much longer does Ted got
1: because I don't think it was the last thing United ever lost five games in a row they should they should be having conversations the they should be having conversations with, with Julian Nagelsmann now um, isn't, he the, isn't he getting the German job don't know, but uh, be, if I Manchester United, I'm getting in there before he takes a Germany job. Whether he's a success there or not, I don't know. The problems Manchester United have got off the pitch as well as on it are disastrous. The thing is, they've got twelve injuries, and you know between players out of form and out of favour for various reasons that we're not going to we can't go into. Then coupled that with the fact that he's alienated half of his squad, and there's massive infighting going on there. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, and yeah. continue. Listen, if you lot think I don't like Simicast, just wait. if Nagelsmann comes to the
2: Premier League look out I, I absolutely that's the one manager I really cannot stand. More yeah, than more, than you, dislike cool. Diego, more than you dislike Diego more you dislike Diego Simeone. I just can't, can't bear the man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Thor the dyslexic
0: polyglot has another idea which is uh, Graham potter to man united just stealing him right out from underneath Everton's nose.
2: Which is more of a basket case?
1: Oh man, that's, that's a, a tough call.
2: Which is more of a basket, the both Genuinely, it's, it's
1: a seriously tough. For
2: different, different reasons, they're both basket cases of clubs. Yeah, and, you
1: know.
2: Oh god. But they're you know, both
0: absolutely a joy to take in as a Liverpool fan, aren't they?
2: They, they, they are this year because we're actually playing quite well. I couldn't enjoy them being annoying last year, like Everton being rubbish because we were, being kept. Oh, you got you <laughs> got to learn to
0: multitask, Chris. You can be disappointed
2: in Liverpool and still laugh. I don't at- know. Oh, if Liverpool haven't won, I mostly think like, I couldn't care
1: about that. I need my In fairness, I was like that last year. If Liverpool lost, uh, when, or okay, when we last lost time. last year, I just. Won. Match of the day didn't get recorded, didn't get watched. Uh, stayed off social media, couldn't be arsed with talking to anyone. I'd come on and do the shows, and that was it. It was like. So man, so it, I hate just, football. Just sitting well, ripping pages out of
0: your. Ripping pages out of your Panini yeah. sticker book with the Smiths playing in the background. <laughs> all the curtains yeah. drawn. Shit, these... I'm going
1: to find where you put that camera in my house, I swear. I'm going to find <laughs> it one day.
2: That's the only time, used to speak to me. was We just speak at the post-match. We're not talking football again. Speaking in a week. That was it.
0: What a difference a year makes, boys. I yeah, think Liverpool much, look... I We look strong. I, uh, we were having a little chat in the Telegram earlier. just mentioned to somebody, I think this might be the strongest squad that Jurgen Klopp's had in his time at Liverpool i
1: oh, I, don't ooh, I, no, don't I don't know i don't know I don't agree I, I, think I think this has got the i think the squad has the most potential, yeah I think there's serious potential in this squad over the next two to three years but, I, I still think
2: the- i still think the squad that went for all four trophies probably had a bit more depth, especially well you think think of the attack we had the famous front three we had Diaz and aregan and Minamino were just occasionally on the bench you know, midfield depth. We also have cater fit for it for a season, which was a novelty. So yeah, I Matic still think that fully was... Fit. Matic fully fit. Gomez was in and around it. Karate was fully fit for most of the season. You know, Simicast was, you know, probably more effective. Yeah. So I would still probably say that one was the strongest, but
1: I agree with Kev. This one's got the potential to kick on with that one, which would be lovely. Yeah, you can see can be... what Jurgen is talking about in his press conferences when he's talking about how he's excited about the potential that this squad could be something. He's not giving them like the big, the big heave or whatever he's saying. Like, he's just saying what is the potential mm-hmm. is there for them to make a legacy for themselves. He's... I hope, I just hope that the club can do a deal for with Mo to offer him uh, a, roll, a, roll a, year a rolling 12 month contract and protect our. Protect the club first and foremost, but to get the buy in from the player as well. You You have a chat every every January say, Right,
2: Mo, are you staying next season? Yes or no? If he says no, you go, Great, that's fine. We won't extend your contract. We'll, I guarantee, we'll, we'll, we'll agree a deal for you to go somewhere. If he says Uh... yes, you extend it and you're safe. You know, it keeps everyone happy. Then,
0: yeah, I, I don't see. It, there's nothing that indicates to me that he wants to leave Liverpool. And if the season continues going the way that it's going, we finish on 112 points and win everything, Mo Sal is going to be a happy man and he'll be more than happy to sign that contract
2: extension, I st- which I think, I they will think he will offer. I still think he wants one more crack at the Champions League as well. Yeah.
1: Mate, yeah, I think a lot of these players who didn't go are looking at what is going on with the players that did go and realise that Mangotsfield and Morecambe are getting more in their grounds than uh, whatever he fuck. Yeah, you know, and hey, they almost had that, a thousand people. That tells you good. mate. We get that for the under 18s Does I know, know. I mean? it's
0: it, hey. I apparently the Saudi Pro League is included in a DAZN subscription here in Canada. And while I was waiting for our game to come on, there was a Saudi Pro League game on. I couldn't be bothered. I'm just. I'm not going to give it any attention. I don't care no. about it. It's a mean nothing league, and good on those players for going there and getting their money. That's I don't right. care about you as footballers anymore.
2: I'd rather watch the MLS because mm-hmm. actually the, the MLS games are actually more competitive, more exciting. Yeah, yeah. which and, you wouldn't say you that about why, the MLS a few years ago, to be fair. But actually, the MLS games. Are right, I, I'd
1: still go out of my way to watch Messi now. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we you don't you're we're lucky in our lifetime to have a player like Messi playing. For, and still playing. I mean, you you don't see these players come along. In in a generation, you don't see these players. These these players, we had it with Ronaldo's, with Cristiano Ronaldo as well, let's be honest, let's be fair. You know, they pushed each other to be the best versions of themselves that they could possibly be. You have to go back a long, long way to see consistent levels of excellence that you've seen out of Leo Messi. To you know, to still be able to see him, to still be able to do it. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's just about enough for us. Uh, I don't believe we have any other shows coming on the channel until I'm not sure who's joining me, but until we meet again on Probably I think it's
2: I think it's us two again. I think it's the three of yeah. us again. Yeah.
0: Oh, look at that. So the Merry band of gentlemen. Hopefully we're back here in just as high a spirit. So kickoff is 2 p.m. Uh, at Anfield on Sunday, we'll be here, however much added time the uh, refs decide to add on to uh, to the end of the game as quickly 26, as we can for full-time 26. Reds. Yeah, 26, exactly. Right. exactly. So <laughs> finishes last one, Liverpool three, three points in the bag, first Europa League game of the season. So sixth full-time Reds of the season. I'm looking forward to doing 63 of these this year. We're playing every game, every game we're playing this year. And I hope you guys are all here to join us. Please hit the like button on your way out on YouTube, listening afterwards on a podcast, please. Five-star review, write a recommendation or comment, share it with your friends. Check out on the LFC Day Trippers social media page. You'll see the pin for our charity that we're working with, the 12 women getting ready to run that Dublin Marathon weeks away, days away even. It's getting close and they're getting close to their fundraising target. So if you can help us out with that, that would be absolutely fantastic because they've been working so very hard at it. Until the next time, we'll see you guys later on Full-Time Reds. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.